The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. One of the things I've realized is that there's so many chemicals in laundry detergent and the soaps out there. So I either make it myself, it's actually pretty easy, or I use my green fills. If you go to chantelrayway.com soap, I'll give you my free recipe for laundry soap. Or if you just feel like buying one that's really clean and not filled with tons of chemicals, you can get it there, chantelrayway.com soap. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin. To get out of your rut, click here to watch this free video. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we have Mary Claire Haver, and she is the founder of the Galveston Diet. And so we are just so excited. Tell listeners a little bit about you and tell a little bit the listeners about the Galveston Diet. How did that come to pass? Um, it's a great question. So I'm an OBGYN physician and I was in a traditional academic uh, private practice model for 20 years. And when I was younger, I would have lots of patients coming through in their forties, fifties, complaining about this, you know, for them, unexplained weight gain, mostly in their midsection, super frustrated about it. And I would tell them all the things that I had been taught, like eat less, work out more, you know, calorie restrict. Um, and they'd say, okay, they come back the next year for their well woman exam, five more pounds on more frustrated than ever swearing up and down that they had done everything I said, and it still wasn't working. And I would kind of internally, this is so embarrassing to say, but roll my eyes and think, you know, you're really just not working you know, you're, you're probably cheating and, and not paying attention. And I would talk to them about tracking and food journals and going to the gym extra and doing all these things. And again, this would just go on year after year after year. So when it was my turn um, to start going through menopause, a couple of things happened. I had a, my brother passed away. So my nutrition and exercise just went off the deep end through my grief. And I started having all the, you know, brain fog and hot flashes and hormone changes associated with my menopause. And so after I got over the grief and decided, okay, I'm 20 pounds heavier than where I want to be, I did all the things that I had told my patients to do all those years and it didn't work. And so I got increasingly frustrated. I was doubling down at the gym. I was saying crazy things to my husband, like, you're going to get the wife you deserve. And he's like, I have the wife I deserve. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, And I realized what I wasn't doing wasn't working. And I realized I sounded like my patients. Um, And that the advice I'd given them probably wasn't working. And I thought, okay, okay. All right, Mary Claire, you're a scientist. You can figure this out. What's been told isn't working. The traditional caloric restriction, not paying attention to the quality of food, but just the quantity of food. And, you know, three times at the gym, you know, is not going to help you right now. So I marched over to the nutrition department at the university I was employed at. 
you know, crying to them, what's happening in middle age? Why are we missing this? And they're like, look, we only do studies on 25 year old male athletes and astronauts here and, and the elderly, but not really for your particular demographic. I said, well, what do we know? And so they started pointing me to a few articles to start reading. And one of the things, um, one of the themes that I kept coming back on um, in all this, this information was inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. I was like, okay, it doesn't seem like in the traditional eat less, workout more model, we're not really addressing inflammation and how we can combat that and on what level. So I just started redirecting everything to how can we fight inflammation through nutrition, really on a whim to see how I could um, help my patients and myself with this problem. So I came up with three components. And um, I said, all right, I really like the information coming out, the science on intermittent fasting. It was fascinating to me. It was really kind of breakthrough. No one other than like Mark Matson and what he was doing at the NIH for neurodegenerative disease seemed to really be looking at this hardcore. Um, I looked at the anti-inflammatory approach to nutrition. And then I also looked at what was going on with fuel refocusing with breaking the addiction basically to carbohydrates. Um, so I put those three components together, stuck the name on as the Galveston diet. Cause it's, I live in Galveston, Texas. It's where I've raised my kids. Okay. I was going to say, cause I was like, where did that, that was going to be my very first question. I've raised my kids here. I, it's just my home. So, yeah. That was, I was like, where did that name come from? Cause so far we haven't hit it yet. Okay. Oh, that's I didn't want to name it for me. I, it wasn't even like, I wasn't ever planning on making it a business or making it, it was just something I wanted to do for myself and my girlfriends and a few patients. And it just, you know, once everyone decided that it was working and working like amazingly well, I, you know, more and more people were telling their friends and it just kind of blew up from there. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So, you know, I love that you're really talking about inflammation. I think everyone is, that's kind of the new word is anti-inflammatory, right? And so how does, I know one of the things you talk about is the science behind intermittent fasting. And obviously this is an intermittent fasting podcast. We specialize in that. So what is the science behind the intermittent fasting and why is it so powerful for anti-inflammatory issues? So when you drill down into you know, really starting with the, the, the science of it really started with neurodegenerative disease. So Alzheimer's and dementia, and those are inflammatory diseases in the brain, chronic inflammatory diseases where parts of the brain are being destroyed by this process long-term and things are being deposited in places they never were. And so when they notice that, when you go without food for, it's called time-restricted fasting, time-restricted feeding, excuse me, in medicine. When you cross that threshold of about 12 hours for most people, when you've blown through everything you ate in your last meal as far as your carbs, and then what you've stored in your liver, something very special starts happening. You start converting to burning fat for fuel. It's a normal physiologic process. It's why we don't start in the middle of the night. And, but what they did notice that patients were thinking clearer. Um, the animal models that they were using at the time, whether you agree with animal studies or not, the, 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 they were running through the mazes faster during the fasting period. They're like, something's happening in brain development that people are clearer, more focused, and doing better um, when they're in the fasted state. 
So then they said, why is that? And when they started looking at markers, they noticed that the inflammatory markers decreased during the fasted state. So that kind of exploded, you know, the research there. So what we know from an evolutionary standpoint is that, say, imagine when we were all cave people, you know, when our ancestors were living, you know, hunter gatherers living in caves. It was an, it was an, uh, an advantage for you to think clearer and move faster when you were fasted, when you were basically in a starved state, because you didn't have a refrigerator full of food. You had to wait for your next meal to show up. And it behooved you to move faster, think faster. And what we know when we look at muscle data and, you know, when we exercise, when we stress our muscles a little bit, the compensatory response in the body is to get stronger right, to lay down more muscle tissue to make those muscle fibers work better. Same thing when we exercise our heart. You know, the more you exercise your heart for most, for the vast majority of us, the stronger it gets, the more efficiently it works. It seems that the brain does the same thing and almost every cell in the body does as well. When we're in the fasted state, we are putting just enough stress on the body to make it more resilient to disease and make it work a little bit faster and more efficiently. Wow. So as far as what, what do you suggest that you're seeing where people are, what eating windows that you suggest? So like for me personally, I started doing intermittent fasting. I did an eight hour eating window. And so I was fasting the rest of the time. And then I didn't personally lose any weight until I started going down to a six hour eating window. So once I started going down to a six hour eating window, that's when I really started losing weight. Um, so what are you seeing from different patients of what is kind of the, that best eating window for a middle-aged, you know, woman weight gain? Well, in Galveston, we have three kind of focused components of the program. Intermittent fasting is the first and probably one of the biggest parts. I recommend starting with a 16-8. And so not starting tomorrow, waking up and trying to fast for 16 hours, but like slowly building up to that. And once they hit that window and able to do it consistently on a daily basis without being a huge problem, then we start adding in the other components. So for me, I, I think habits are the biggest part of the Galveston diet. You're changing mindset, you're changing habits. And so building a 16-8, at least, some people do more, and I certainly encourage that if they feel up to it. But it looks like most people coming in around a 16-8 is where we're seeing the magic happen where they're feeling better, sleeping better. The weight loss, um, again, is modest with fasting at that time period, but we're adding in a couple of, you know, the anti-inflammatory nutrition really helps with that as well. But what I love about it is that, you know, the students in the program feel so powerful. It's the thing that kind of scared them the most, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, or how am I ever going to go that long without food? And when they realize they can do it and how much better they feel, for us in Galveston, the non-scale benefits for fasting are so much more dramatic than the scale benefits. And they're, you know, their blood tests are better, they're feeling better, their blood sugars are lower, all those medical things are better. And then when we add in the other two components, the weight loss really starts coming off. And what are the other two components? So anti-inflammatory approach to nutrition is pretty simple. It's pretty basic. It's adding in lots and lots and lots of things in our diet that we know naturally fight inflammation, things that are high in natural fiber, things that are high in anthocyanins, which are the things that make things colorful. 
um, red, blue, yellow, green, naturally found in fruits and vegetables. Those are typically the highly antioxidant, anti-inflammatory in the body and really cutting back on the things and eliminating that we know cause inflammation, artificial colors, flavors, preservatives um, are all highly inflammatory. And in Galveston diet, I do a lot of time focusing on the science of that and teaching um, the students why these things are important and why they can be so harmful. Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a great product that you absolutely cannot live without, and it's called Digest Aid. When you're stressed, you might not be able to produce as much stomach acid. And if you're eating a little more right now and you're stressed, you need help to digest your food. My Digest Aid that I created has enzymes that are capable of doing just that. It has both betaine HCL, not just HCL, but an enzyme pepsin that helps your body digest your food, which is really unique. And right now, all of our products are 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store, and get yours for 30% off. Just use the promo code PODCAST. I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing a ton of cooking lately, and I've been having so many new recipes. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash free recipes to get the best kale dressing recipe you'll ever have, the dairy-free artichoke dip that you will love for completely free. I also want to give you my entire free smoothie book that has the best smoothies. One of the things that can help you lose weight is just to replace one of your meals with an amazing smoothie. So if you're eating two meals, just make one of them a smoothie. You can get my free amazing recipe book at chantelrayway.com slash free recipe. And our protein shakes are amazing as well. And right now they're 30% off. Go to chantelrayway.com, click on store and use podcast for the 30% off your protein shake. So what are kind of your favorite, like if you had to say, here's my top 10 favorite non-inflammatory foods that I really love. It's funny because yesterday I went and I feel like, you know, you, people get into a rut. I'll just show you my picture. Yesterday I got a, um, I bought a papaya, a fresh papaya and it was so delicious. Like I was like, you know, you, you kind of, I eat a lot of berries and I eat a lot of strawberries, but it's like, you know, trying to getting yourself out of the same old rut, eating the same old thing. So I love going to Whole Foods because they just have, you know, they have star fruit and just guava and papaya and just all kinds of stuff. So what would you say? Like you said, here's my top, let's give your top 10, your top 10 favorite non-inflammatory foods? So I am a huge fan of eating the rainbow. Okay. So when you're picking your fruits and vegetables for the day or for the week, you want to get as many colors as possible. So everything from eggplant to zucchini to squash, you've got purple, blue, I mean, green and yellow there, your berries, you've got your reds and your blues. And so basically no naturally occurring fruit or vegetable is off limits in the Galveston diet. Um, And you want to get as many colors as possible. 
Also, we look at things that are packed with naturally occurring omega-3. So your salmon, your fatty fish, your walnuts, your flax seeds, um, lots and lots of naturally occurring substances are super packed with omega-3, which is such a great balance to omega-6, which Americans tend to eat way too much of. So rich in omega-3, naturally occurring rich in omega-3. Eat your rainbow, which will probably cover five or six things. My favorite are berries too. I'm like red... Every time I hit the store, strawberries, blue, if they're in season, and raspberries. Um, and um, whole grains. So things, you know, we've poor, I feel so bad for the, the grain industry because they've really gotten a bad rap lately. And it's part of the processing issue. We've, we've taken something that was pretty helpful in moderation on its own. And we've stripped it. <laughs> we've taken a little innocent wheat kernel. We've stripped it of everything good about it. We've taken off the fiber. We've taken out the bran. We've taken away all the vitamins and nutrients. We've just left you with the endosperm, which is starch, sugar. And now we're going to add stuff back to it. They're going to throw a few vitamins back in there to make it healthy. They're going to process the heck out of it, take anything naturally nutritious about it. And now you know, make it into a cracker or a cookie, and we're going to add some flavoring and some colors to make it more, you know, appealing to you. And so you've taken something that on its own, a whole grain would have been completely nutritious and natural and been slowly absorbed in your system and given you fiber and added benefits, stripped it down to sugar, you know, threw a bunch of other stuff in it to make it more addictive and made it so completely unhealthy. And so I'm, not all grains are created equal, <laughs> so and especially how they're processed. So I'm really focused on the unprocessed or very little processed whole grains as well. So give us an example of like what kind of grains. Um, so I, you know, if you're going to do something that's wheat based, if you don't have celiac disease and it's totally okay for you, you're going to want to look on labels as much as possible. Flip things over. Try to get things that are whole grain, 100% whole grain, 100% whole wheat. And FDA is now requiring those things to be labeled. Also look for things that are really low in added sugars. Naturally occurring sugars are the sugars you want to be eating. Okay. You really want to decrease the things that are added in sugar. And I did on the Galveston diet on Facebook, we did a sugar challenge last week and I was challenging people to flip labels over and start reporting, you know, and then the comments, we were giving away prizes for people to comment on, you know, everyday things in their, on their pantries. And I pulled things out of my own pantry and was showing in a lot of condiments in, um, you know, spaghetti sauces and different, you know, things that we don't think about the added sugars that are in it and people were, you know, minds were blown. And then to combat that, we were, we were um, giving suggestions for recipes for things where you didn't want to add sugar, make your own spaghetti sauce. Here's an easy way. This one's delicious or consider this brand. If you don't have the time um, that don't have all the added sugars. Yeah. There's if I, on my website on chantalrayway.com slash things I love, I have these, this thing called veggie go-go's and they are delicious. They have like anywhere from two to four grams of sugar, but they have, um, there's just nothing but fruits and vegetables, but it's kind of like a fruit roll up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just love them. And I put them, I put them on my things. I love, I have the Amazon link right there, but what are kind of some things like that, where you go, like, here's some, you know, like that is a hundred percent there's no processing in it. It's just dried fruits and vegetables. And so, but it's easy. It's kind of like a snack to go. What are some things like that, that you love that you go, here's something that is not 
processed, you know, it, it's good for you, but it's also easy as a grab and go. So we do a lot of talk around being prepared, meal prep, um, you know, not getting caught without something to nibble, a snack, things to throw in your purse, things to take to work. And so one of my favorite things, because it's easy to travel with, is I make my own little trail mix. And so it'll be like roasted pumpkin seeds. And I like to roast them myself. I am addicted to tahini seasoning. I don't know if you guys <laughs> know what that is, but it's no, like a chili it, lime. Uh-huh. It's big in, the, in Texas. Um, what kind of seasoning is it? T-A-J-I-N. It's a chili lime salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people down here put it on fruit. My kids, you know, will sprinkle it a little bit on their watermelon or their cantaloupe, <clears throat> apples, oranges. Um, and so I like to take uh, just pumpkin seeds that I buy at the grocery store and I'll just put a little, just enough olive oil to, you know, wet them a little bit roast them in the oven myself and I'll sprinkle different seasonings. I'll put garlic or everything but bagel seasoning or some tahini and I'll do my own roasted seeds or even nuts occasionally um, just to give it a more oomph. And I'll make a little bag with, you know, I'll always have berries with me, you know, if I'm going to a place with a refrigerator or just for a few hours, but I'll have, um, I'm a big traveler with nuts and seeds and unsweetened coconut is uh, flakes are another one of my faves uh, to grab because it's a great source of, um, of a healthy fat, you know, which is pretty nutritious and filling to, you know, keep you full throughout the day. Awesome. Okay. So that's the second one. And what is the third one? Um, Oh, the third component is um, what we call, what I like to call fuel refocusing. So another thing that I saw when I really did a deep dive talking to the students in Galveston Diet about, you know, what things that they relied on for what they consider to be nutritious, we're just eating too much simple and processed carbohydrates in this country. So in the weight loss component of the Galveston Diet, we look at macros. Um, A lot of people like, whoa, that's keto. I'm like, there's you know, there's what I call your brother's bacon and butter keto. Um, you will lose weight, but the inflammation goes up tremendously because you're eating for most such an abundance of saturated fat that it's causing some severe, you know, long-term inflammatory problems. Um, when you look at the longer term data coming out, however, when you look at people who were doing a little bit more plant-based for their source of fats, when we're adjusting our macros, they actually don't have the inflammatory levels go up. So that's kind of the approach that I take. We look for a balance of at least one and a half times the amount of unsaturated fat to saturated fat. Now this gets complicated. So I have meal plans and stuff, Um, but it looks like the health benefits remain stable to positive. If you watch the unsaturated fats that you're eating and, and make sure that they're at least one and a half times higher than the saturated fats. Got it. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Um, I, if you basically it's Galveston diet on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on, um, Pinterest, uh, it's all there. So if you just Google it, you'll find it. Our website has sample meal plans. It has videos, it has lots of resources to help you get started. Awesome. Well, you guys, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.